Welcome to Bamsey's Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Ryan along with Peter Evers, and we mark a very solemn occasion as we have hit the year of COVID at this point in time with the first COVID case in Massachusetts just a little bit over a year ago, and we're still out a couple weeks from when the country shut down and when our lives changed in an incredible and systematic way. And I want to start the podcast by... You know, just speaking out to everybody and kind of congratulating everyone, which sounds weird, but we have all done things during the course of this year which we thought were impossible. Um, who would have thought, you know, you could go through just about everything, but who would have thought that we would be able to figure out ways to continue to, to work and to function from home? Who thought that we could have worked from home and taught our kids at the same time? Who would have thought that we could have lost all of our entertainment outlets for periods of time and still maintain some level of sanity. So this is obviously not a marker or occasion that people you know want to celebrate, but I feel like that people should take some time out to celebrate themselves and to pat themselves on the back and say, you did it. You took on a challenge of epic proportions where all aspects of our lives were... Um, you know, hindered, and we faced severe concerns in regards to our economic well-beings and our health. Um, and those two combined are challenged, really unlike any American has has seen before. And I think that you know we should start off this kind of podcast of remembrance with congratulating uh, one another on making it through a year, finding some new things out about ourselves. Uh, creating some new interests or rediscovering some interests and mostly for our stick-to-itiveness of continuing to put one foot in front of the other and meet the challenges day after day is welcome. Peter Evers, the CEO of Bamsey. Peter, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? And very nicely said. I love that intro. Yeah, and if for you, I mean, it's been your first year at Bamsey has all been about meeting the challenges of COVID from a structural an organizational standpoint from a services standpoint and from trying to figure out your your way through an organization in a time period where we all feel disconnected from one another yeah and actually as we're taping this show it is actually the one year anniversary of my arrival and um i and it uh, of course that's coincidental and i didn't bring COVID here, but it is I, all I have known at Bamsey is the is the eye and will of the people who have, have managed to do their jobs. You know, I was thinking about what this year has been like. And if you if take yourself back to the beginning of this, when people were just trying to work out how to put one foot in front of another, how we can pe- keep people safe. And then there were a lot of people who just weren't working, people who were at home and the, their, their conversations are about um you know, how am I going to keep my job? But they're also, how am I going to learn a new a new hobby and those kind of things? Nobody at Bamsey has been in a position to do that because everybody has put their shoulder to the wheel in a year. And I think, I think we have to celebrate that. We have to thank people for what they have done uh, over the last year to celebrate the fact that we have got through this so far, but not let our, our guard down about what the next year brings for us. And I think I don't want to be a sort of a, 
a Duncan Downer here, but you know, we really have to keep our eyes on the prize and our eyes on the prize is to get through this, get everybody vaccinated, get as many people as we can vaccinated and make sure that the new world that we're moving into is as safe as it can possibly be. Uh, and I have incredible um, hope that 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 is going to happen because I've just witnessed a year's worth of dedication to a mission of looking after people perhaps who are vulnerable and less well off than ourselves. Yeah, it's definitely not a mission accomplished type of moment because um, the mission has not been accomplished yet. The finish line, we hope, is somewhat near. But we also know that we're going to be living with COVID for a, a period of time, and that may be an extended period of time, and that may mean different things to um, you know to different people. But we we do need to um, take some time and take a step back and congratulate ourselves on what we have accomplished the, this year. And you know, COVID has been very interesting to study from a psychological standpoint and how individuals have reacted to it you know most people i feel like don't want to talk about it they don't want to spend their time you know fretting about it if it comes on the radio they want to change the channel uh same thing with it when they're coming on tv at this point dr fauci is uh is not a welcome guest in anybody's home at this point in time um because you know we have adopted a kind of put our heads down and slog through this fight the good fight type of um, mentality, because this is unlike any other you know traumatic experience that the American public has has faced uh, collectively. Because there generally is a beginning and an end, um, and we don't know when the end is for for COVID. And you know, so many people have been putting their heads down as essential workers through our organization and doing so with no respite and just continuing to uh, to move forward and that is what i think is you know so impressive i mean how many people have gone without taking a vacation for most people you know a vacation is taking a walk with their dog or going out to get the mail um when in the past they'd be you know, maybe on a beach somewhere visiting relatives um that is is not the case and you know we have tried to deal with that to the best of our ability as humans but you know i'm interested in you know your take on where we're all out at at this point in time where we as human beings even if we are um you know somewhat isolated in the way that we live even if um you know we are not outgoing individuals you know we need human connectivity uh we need to meet people um we need to talk to people and I think that we took a lot of things for granted. And and now, you know, what wouldn't some people give just to have, you know, a, a cookout um, with their, their relatives? Um, people are tired of saying, you know, they miss them. Um, they want that interaction back. Yeah, you know, I was reading um, in the uh, on the uh, news service in Britain that last week a couple were fined 250 pounds for driving 260 miles to have a roast beef dinner with somebody that they loved. And I thought, you know, that's sort of, that is the sign of desperation. That is, you know, uh, and you're so right, Chris. I mean, you connection is the thing that we crave, whatever our personalities are like. The idea of spending time with other, with other people and learning from other people and just that sort of human quality of 
compassion and understanding of sharing uh, our views and sharing our experiences. And we have been severely curtailed in that. And, and, and we've done the right thing. We've, we've been in lockdown. We've been in semi-lockdown. We've gone back into lockdown. Uh, but there's been this common purpose, certainly at BAMSI, which is it's bigger than us. We need to get through it. We're going to get through it. There is hope. Uh, there is bravery. And there is a vision of, of what a better future will be like for us. And that's the important thing. When things go on and on, you know, we've talked about this before, because but remember in the first couple of months, it was like, all right, this is, this is I was going to say novel, but this is new. This is something, you know, that we have to deal with. It, we're in crisis mode. How long can you be in crisis mode? A year? No, you've got to shift your expectations. Uh, and that's what we've been doing constantly. I think about, you know, when we went, had our first live-ins um, in the residential program and speaking to the staff and, and how they said, look, you know, yes, I'm not going to see my family for two weeks and I'm going to, you know, but I'm, this is, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing for the people in the houses. I think about the people who, um, you know, in our, in our clinic and in other uh, behavioral health services, you know, just set too. They got their computers set up at home. You know, they carved out office space. They then were teaching their children at the same time. And I know that you've been through a lot of that as well. You know, you you're going from one job to three jobs for many, many people. Um, and it's just been a, and it's just been a, uh, it's been a, an identification of people who are, who are, who have the goodwill, compassion, and bravery to get through this. Yeah. And um, and I think now we're beginning to think a little bit differently. Um, you know, people are getting their second shots now, um, and we're feeling more comfortable with that. We know that the vaccinations are working. You know, when you look at the percentage um, effectiveness, it's between 85 and 95% for all of the vaccinations. We've got the Johnson & Johnson uh, single-shot vaccination up and ready to go. Um, that's, that is hopeful. That is hopeful that we will be moving into a new era of this coronavirus. Um, and, and we owe, we owe ourselves that we owe ourselves some optimism. We owe ourselves some hope, uh, for the next few months. Yeah. Initially there is that adrenaline that sets in where you have to meet the challenge. You have to figure out how to do it. And there is even some, um, excitement regarding yeah. that where, okay, I'm going to have my kids at work. Uh, how can I make this happen? And I remember, you know, the first day of homeschooling where um, parents, you know, would put um, photos online of how great things were going. Look at this. I have a board set up where the kids are going to do this and that this time, this at that time. This, that. I'm like, nobody's going to be doing that in a week. <laughs> that was exactly, that was exactly the case where, you know, we as human beings um, want to respond to adversity and meet the challenge, no matter what the circumstances are. Now, sometimes the challenge may be too big or where you don't have the skill set to meet the challenge, but we want to be able to meet the challenge. But that's generally kind of an adrenaline type of thing that wears off through time. This has been a slog, as I mentioned before. And the the challenge has been you know, maintaining the appropriate you know, discipline to get through things. And, you know, we have seen our friends and our parents and our relatives, you know, all kind of struggling through this. 
And, you know, I, I do wonder what things are going to be like on the other side. You know, you do wonder what um, society is going to be like and how this type of collective change in mindset and focus is going to affect people. It's been one year. And how is this going to affect a, a younger generation? Is there going to be a built-in fear of contagion mm-hmm. uh, the same way that there was kind of a fear of the, the, the Cold War? And, mm-hmm. you know, what what could happen uh, with uh, if there was a nuclear, uh, you know, atta- attack or a nuclear missile was fired? Um, and I wonder what the younger generation is going to be like coming out of this um you know the 18 and below what will be the lessons that they learn what will they have learned from the adults about how to behave and not behave uh during this environment and that's that's a big thing when you when something lasts for a year you know it's not just a a one-off type of thing that's going to get pushed by the wayside and as i was saying in the open you know we have not embraced uh this you know, and for better or for worse. But when you don't embrace things, at times they stay with you and manifest themselves in ways that you don't expect them to moving forward, what the, what the experience has meant. And, you know, I wonder what that's going to be like, because this is going to be something that I think people are not going to want to talk about, you know, um, you know 10 years down the road. It'll be maybe in history books, but it's not something that people are going to talk about. What was the COVID experience like, Grandpa? Like, like oh, I don't know. No, it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. I was depressed. Like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be something that people want to embrace. And how do you think that's going to affect them, particularly kids? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because I heard somebody talking the other day about why, why don't we just do over, you know, a year in school? When, when we go back, just go back and reset from a year ago. And, you know, in some ways that rebalances some of the inequities that have happened with the haves and the haves not during this. And, you know, that leads me to another thought as you were talking. It wasn't just COVID that happened in this last year, right? It was a deep division in our society that came from a political differences where you could put two people in front of one speaker and just and they would come out saying the opposite of each other. Um, you know, we've had the racial and social in, uh, uh, justice issues at the same time, which is another incredibly divisive period of time. Uh, and then the, the events of January the 6th, just to sort of cap that off. So it's not just that people have been feeling miserable about our country's um, dilemma with the pandemic. Um, it is all of those other things that are in the mix. And that makes for a very difficult um, time for people, not only now in what, in what we're experiencing, but, but when people ask for in future generations, I think it is, you know, what did I do? You know, what, and, 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 you know, I think about the people at Bamsey and they can say, yep, I, I, I stood up and I got on with my job and I looked after the people I was supposed to and I kept them safe. And that's a heck of a story to be able to tell. But, I, but, but your point is well taken. This is going to be very difficult pe- for people going forward. And there have been so many losses right. as well on top of that. You know, we just surpassed 500,000, um, you know, and that's, you know, you're, that's losing one in 750 people. It's just a remarkable number. That's a really good point about, you know, meeting the challenge of this time and 
not being able to do anything and being told not to do anything to meet the challenge. You know, after 9-11, like, we all wanted to do something. Um, friends of mine enlisted. I um, considered enlisting. Um, and, you know, that is something that we all thought about and wanted to do. How could we, how could we help? And in this environment, you were told to stay at home and yeah. play your Xbox and collect your unemployment checks. Yeah. And that's how you could help society, by removing yourself from society. When, you know, I'd say that most people, if there's a fire, they want to run to the fire and see if they can, can help or at least watch it. Um, and <laughs> in, in this, you're told, no, stay in your house. Be, stay away if, as far away from the fire as possible. You can't do anything. In fact, you can only help by doing nothing. And that is so counterintuitive as well and is going to be something that people want to forget nobody's going to want to forget remember the year they did nothing um Mm -hmm. and you know have felt like they lost a year and um you know they lost a year of their lives they had it stolen from them and that's not going to be something that people are going to you know want to uh to remember or or discuss and that impact is um you know significant and you know our workers have a different story to tell in that they were called to to duty and were um you know willing and, and able and ready to address these challenges but uh, um you also speak very eloquently about the divisions that we saw in our country in almost every other circumstance in our country's history when times have been challenging we have united and we mm-hmm. have come together and we have put our differences aside for the greater good. In this circumstance, you cannot leave this past year and think of and think that we are closer together as a country as a result of COVID. In fact, you may feel that we are further apart. In fact, the heroic, essential frontline workers in this pandemic have not even really been canonized. Um, the way that other heroes have been in the past, like that has not even been, you know, a consistent theme throughout this. I mean, sure, there's been some um, lip service paid to those individuals, but you think about the way that you know, firefighters and police officers were canonized after you know, 9-11. Um, you think about the way that our military is, um, is treated with reverence outside of Vietnam, obviously, but in the most recent wars. Um, and our essential workers, I mean, there was never any real significant rallying around them even. Like, this was just, we all went in our separate directions basically because we were told to stay yeah. away, disconnect. And well, it's very yeah. anti, it's, it's, it's not in line with what we've seen in past uh, American conflicts. That's right. And I think one of the difficult thing is, things is for our frontline workers, for our you know, uh, clinicians for, you know, for our facilities people who are just constantly, um, you know, working, is to hear, and this is like the people in the EDs, in the emergency departments as well, is to hear people saying it's a hoax. Um, and I'll just, an example of this the other day, I was, um, I was actually clearing the snow in the driveway and um, some people came down the road and this one man said to the two women that there was he was with. He goes, "Look, you know, it's obvious. It's ridiculous. You you have a better chance of being struck by lightning in America than than dying of COVID." And I just thought the the assurance with which he said that was just so astonishing, given the lack of validity of the statement. You know, I don't know if seven hundred of your uh, 
500,000 people have been struck by lightning and killed in this in this country. But it's just that idea of just believing stuff and not verifying it. And, and the number of people I've heard on the radio and seen on the TV who come out of the emergency room after doing 12-hour shifts and they're out on their feet and they say, it is so soul-destroying soul to hear people denying this when right in front of us we have a tragedy on our hands and every person that dies has a whole family and a whole group of people who are grieving for that dead individual. And we really need to focus on the people that have been keeping those people alive and those people who have been putting in the effort. And, and that certainly is our people here. Yeah, and we also need to pay homage to the individuals who have lost their lives during the, um, the pandemic and to the families that um, have not been able to grieve with those grieve. individuals um and it's a terrible thing uh it's a terrible thing to uh, to not have that come to fruition and you know it, it, and to be told that you cannot see your loved one um or that there's problems with you know connecting with them via an interface even in some circumstances uh, that is a, a terrible thing but i think you make up another uh, made another good point in regards to what is truth these days and um, you know, I pride myself on having a broad cross-section of news information that I take in and also um, of uh, Facebook friends and uh, other uh, online uh, media formats so that I have a good idea of what's taking place. And, you know, there, some of the mistruths that are out there are just flat-out remarkable. I mean, some of them are not, um, you know— don't appear to be that big of a deal, but you know, as an example, like I saw people sharing on Facebook that um, Tom Brady had turned down that he was going to uh, go to the White House, and in fact, he was going to go to Mar-a-Lago and celebrate with Donald Trump. Not true. <laughs> never, never happened. And everyone, people are commenting on it, like "Good for Brady," you know, yeah, yeah, he's supporting his guy, and it's just not true. He never said it. It's not happening. And um, you know that gets shared. There was an individual at CPAC that um, you know, told a reporter that uh, Joe Biden was in fact not in the White House. He was not president of the United States. And the reporter said, "No, I, I was at the White House and I, I saw him." And he's like, the, the, "The person said flat up to the reporter, you're entitled to your opinion." <laughs> I, I yeah. and I, I'm, I'm I'm just picking on one side there, but um, that is the that is the the stuff that is that is out there, and yeah, there are people that and we heard stories that they flat out believed that COVID didn't exist, it wasn't real, and they died as a result of it. Yeah. Um, they believed all of the you know the information that they heard that was not factual. Um, and they lost their life as a, as a result of it. I mean, so it's, we have a, a battle in our country right now against misinformation and, you know, some of it doesn't seem to be lethal, um, such as the Tom Brady thing. Um, but some of it is, and you know, when people believe wholeheartedly that masks don't make any difference and they refuse to wear a mask. Uh, you just have to you have to shake your head. Um, is it 100% safe? No, nobody's saying that it is. Are they saying that it helps? Yeah, they are saying that, <laughs> and that's it's just common sense. And not just with COVID, but I mean, but you look at the amount of other um, airborne viruses or contagion 
that has been limited as a result of mask wearing. You look at flu this year. You look at regular yeah. cold and, and cough, and yeah. that has been incredibly limited this year. Um, children are not passing uh, disease and contagion um, as a result of wearing masks. So mask wearing not only works, but you wonder how much of a part of society that's going to be moving forward for organizations like ours. Like, do you say, no, we need to wear masks in the office during cold and flu season so that we keep a healthy workforce? I think that that's not going to be something that's mandated by states or towns or anything, perhaps, maybe some. But um, you'll be interested to see what schools and what organizations like ours do about masks moving forward because it seems to be something that makes a lot of sense in spreading contagion and keeping a workplace healthy and we've dwelled obviously on a lot of the the negatives of covid and then as we wrap up the podcast i do want to shift gears and talk about the positives and i think that's one of them we now know how to limit contagion within you know the office uh place and to be honest it's something that we've seen in medical you know centers and community in meant uh, hospitals and things for a long period of time. But I think those practices are going to be implemented and they're going to keep people you know, healthier uh, moving forward. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I read the other day, Chris, just going back to your flu um, comment, there's a real danger that they won't be able to develop a strain of vaccine flu next year because they haven't had enough of it. I mean, that's an extraordinary thing when you think about how flu is a huge killer in this country. So we've learned that. Uh, we've learned how to be flexible in the workplace. We've learned that we don't necessarily need as much space as as, as we did before. Uh, we've learned the benefits of technology because of what they call forced adoption. You know, for years and years, we said, yeah, we'd like to do telehealth, but there's these things that might get in the way. When we had to do it, we did it, and it worked really well. So we've got this, we've got a new world to look at in terms of how we do our work, and that goes for every kind of business, I would have thought. Uh, and and yet we'll still do a lot of what we do face to face because remember right at the beginning of this podcast we said the a human trait is connection and we when we strive for that uh, and we will and we will always connect in that way but now I think we've discovered different ways of doing things um, that are beneficial to the people we serve and that's a real benefit. We've also spent a year on a personal level reconnecting with ourselves and figuring out what is important what we want to do, um, what isn't as important. And it's been a year of um, evaluation, for better or for worse. And, you know, with evaluation comes things that we like and things that we don't like, things that we like about our lives, things that we don't like about our lives, things that we like about ourselves and don't like about ourselves. And this has been a year of introspection, uh, I think, for a lot of individuals. And I think that in some circumstances, that's why this year has been challenging. In that um, we don't have our diversions, we don't have our uh, entertainment things uh, to take our minds off of what is taking place, and I think that with that introspection, you know, hopefully has come some perspective and also a direction that we wish to go in moving forward. And um, you know, I, I feel that we still have challenging days ahead of us, but um, I do feel that you know any circumstance in which you are able to learn and evaluate and have the potential to make things better coming out of it is a positive um, circumstance and it may not seem positive 
But I think that um, you know, whether or not we want to bury COVID and pretend that it didn't happen, which I think we're probably all going to do, um, <laughs> there are going to be certain things from this that made us better, that we, uh, that we figured out about ourselves. And you, you, people may not have been great with technology, but guess what? They figured out how to use Zoom every day and only have themselves on mute 25% of the time instead of 100. So <laughs> like that, there's things that we have all found out and things that we have learned. We have met the challenges. And, you know, as I started things off, we need to embrace that and congratulate ourselves for meeting those challenges. Right. And, you know, to finish off, there's two, um, there's two beacons of hope and positivity that I look at. And one is that this year has demonstrated the 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 need for people doing real work you know uh, the, the it's the the celebration of the people who are doing the work that ne- aren't necessarily thought of we've got to capitalize on that when we talk about human value uh, human value is something yes. that that has not come from this as much as it should have but yeah. needs to and yeah. it was something that was talked about in abstract um in the past you know what do we place on the value of a, a mom that stays at home uh, with her child and to society, she's not worth anything because she doesn't draw a salary. That's right. And I, I'm hopeful that um, we change our perspective on what real work is and what the real people, who the real people are who make our society work. Yeah, I agree. And then my final thought, which is a, a more uh, sort of, um, a light issue is that uh, opening day uh, for the Red Sox will actually have people in the crowd. And that to me, again, is a celebration of it. You know, sport is yes, is about people with great skill and everything, but right at the end of the day, it's the normal people who want to go in there and watch it, that create an environment that is an atmosphere that is exciting. And we, I will be so glad to see that. I'd be so glad to see uh, theaters open and, and, and getting back to some of those things that we that we crave, which is the joining together and enjoying our company um, in a in, in in a place where everybody can be, and that's that's my optimistic thought to end. Indeed. So it's a time for reflection. It's a time for patting ourselves on the back that we were able to achieve things in challenging circumstances, even if it doesn't feel like we achieved anything. Just surviving and and kind of slogging forward is um an achievement in this circumstance and you know we need to remember that this is something uh, that is unlike anything that americans have seen before the challenges from a a physical health perspective the fear and anxiety that comes with that and the fear and anxiety of a um a faltering economy um which has been obviously propped up and made better um with significant uh, federal investment but um you know, it has been a very challenging time period, and uh, a year into COVID, we're still standing um, and still trying to uh, to slog forward and see uh, COVID come to uh, an end, or at the very least, be put in the rearview mirror um, in the next several months. Peter, as always, appreciate you joining us, and we shall chat again next week. Thanks, Chris. Take care. All right, that is Bamsey's Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Ryan. That is Peter Evers. Thank you so much for listening.